Well, amen. Glad you guys are here. Amen. You can follow along some notes on it with us on our app. If you don't have our app, you can download it at, on your app store. Uh, search for Cornerstone KC. You'll be able to get that. Um, I'm going to be taking, on us, taking us on a 20-week journey. 20 weeks. Um, I really feel strongly about this. And so I'm going to be taking, we have a series that we're doing about walking like Jesus. And it's so important that we know how Jesus walked and lived, okay? Um, because uh, everything in the Bible is viewed through the lens of Jesus. You can find Jesus in Genesis. You can find Jesus all through the Old Testament, all, definitely all through the New Testament. And it has to be viewed through him. So if you don't know his heart, you can get things wrong in the Bible, right? And you've got to know his heart because God's called us to walk fully as Jesus walked. And he's given us the Holy Spirit, empowered us to do that. And so that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be uh, talking about Jesus for, for probably four weeks, maybe five. So it could be 20, 21, 22 weeks. I'm not sure. And then I'm going to go after this series, we're going to walk in and we're going to go through 1 Corinthians again. And I did a whole series on 1 Corinthians back eight, nine years ago, and it took me six, seven months to do it. Um, I'm not going to take that long, but I really feel like we need to come back into it because our society now, I believe, is the closest it's ever been to what the Corinthian church was coming out of, an ungodly uh, society. And so I want to prepare us for some things, and, 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 and here, here's why. Because um, I have a question for you, and I want, I want you to answer this question. What Jesus are you following? Have you ever thought about that? What Jesus are you following? Because I believe we sometimes make up our own Jesus to follow. Jesus warned us actually about this. He, he said in Matthew 24, verse 5, he says, for many will come in my name claiming I'm the Messiah and deceive many. And I think a lot of times that if we don't like what Jesus said, we'll make our own, our own Jesus. If we don't really like him at this point, we, we like certain parts of Jesus, but we leave certain parts of Jesus out. I'm going to show you a verse that we don't like this part of Jesus. And so we'll just leave that out. So my question is, because there's so many, I mean, this world is making up their own Jesus, right? You know, the Bible's being rewritten in a number of different ways right now to fit our society's desires. Did you know that? You know, China itself is rewriting the Bible. Did you know that? To fit the communist lifestyle. So there are many, not only those things, those things are really easy to say, oh, that's wrong. But even in our own life, what Jesus are you following? Are you following the Jesus that's in the word of God, which we need to? Or are we making up our own Jesus? So what Jesus are you following? So, so people make up their own Jesus. Second Timothy, Paul says this in Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 3 through 4. And my whole heart in this 20-some week, really, series is to prepare you, is to equip you, is to challenge you, to be able to see this because it is deceptive. It is so easy in our day and age to fall away from the Lord. It's so easy to follow a Jesus that's leading you in a different direction. Now, how many guys are, anybody a pilot in here? I'm not a pilot. I'm actually scared of flying. But, I'm, but I hear, this is what I hear from pilots, 
that if you're, you could be off just a little bit in your direction, just a little bit, and miss it miles and miles away. And so I, I, I don't want us to miss it. I, I want you to get it, and I want, I want to make sure that we're, we're prepared and, and uh, everything. And, there's, and 1 Corinthians is so in-depth with some things that, that basically Paul wrote 1 Corinthians as a corrective letter to the Corinthian church. They were coming out of a, god, a godless society of idolatry, idolatry out of uh, um, uh, many different things that were going on, and it was filtering in to the church. And Paul's writing uh, basically because they're asking questions. They want to learn. It's not, it's not that they didn't want to learn. He's responding to some questions that were going on in there, and, uh, and so he's responding and saying, hey, this is what's right. This is, that's wrong. Don't do that. You know, those type of things. And so I want us to go through that. I'm going to pick and choose some things because I don't have time to go through verse by verse. But I want us to be prepared but before, I want us to know Jesus. Because you can go through 1 Corinthians and be a religious, you know, um, very hardliner and not really get the heart of the Lord. Because the Bible says that Jesus in John 1 is the Word of God. Right? He is the Word. He's been the Word. And so everything has to be viewed through the heart and the mind of Jesus. And so Paul says here in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3, he says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they'll heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables, to lies. We don't want that, right? But I see that a lot going on in the body of Christ, especially in America, because of everything. You know, listen, discipleship is so important. We're going to see that. That's one of Jesus' main things with discipleship. You will be discipled by what you listen to the most. And if you're listening to this world, you're going to be discipled by this world. And what my heart for you is, is that not, not that you have, you, you can't, Paul talks about this, you can't be out of this world, you're in this world, but, be, but change the world, right? Change the atmosphere and know what's wrong, be able to know what's wrong and be able to recognize it immediately. So you don't follow the different fables. You don't get pressured in because there's pressure right now. I mean, I don't, I don't know if you're seeing it. There's pressure to conform to this world. And what Paul says in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, he says, Do not conform to this world, to the age of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so you may be able to know what the good and acceptable and perfect will of God is. And so that's what we want to do. We want to know that good and acceptable and perfect will, but we're going to have to be transformed. So what are you listening to the most? Now, hopefully it's going to be the Word of God. Hopefully it's going to be the Holy Spirit. And we're, not, we're going to know, hey, no, 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 that's not right. That's, that's, that's getting me off track. That's, that's pushing me. And you'll be able to recognize that in our society. And here's a verse that people don't like. And this is what I'm preparing you not to come to because we don't like what Jesus says this. And listen, we can't pick and choose what we hear out of the Bible, right? It's there for a purpose. In fact, you can't decide what's right and wrong in your own ability. If you could decide what's right and wrong, then Jesus would have never had to come. But he came because we can't do it. 
Even as good as you think you are and as good as you want to be, guess what's going to happen? You're eventually going to inch, inch, inch away from the truth and you're going to be in the wrong. You're going to be in sin. And that's what happens. And so Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. That's a scary verse to me, right? I don't, it's, not, it's not that I want you to be afraid, but I want you to know this is what Jesus said. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, that means that people think that they're a believer in Christ, but really aren't a believer in Christ, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father, you should underline that, we'll talk about that more later. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name? Wow. That could, be, that could be preachers. That could be ministers. That could, that's people who are seeing wonders, who are casting out demons. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. That's a, underline that, never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Is that a scary verse? can be, right? But what I want you to come into, where it's not going to be a scary verse, I want you to know that you know that you know because of this. You're going to know Jesus. You're going to follow Jesus, and you're going to do what Jesus wants you to do, and it's not going to be a scary thing. It's going to be a joyful thing, and you're going to, you're going to do the things. You're going to cast out demons. You're going to do many wonders. You're going to prophesy but it's, it's because you know the Lord. You're going to know Jesus and know who he is. And everything's going to be based off of him. And everything, even when you look at the word of God, it's going to be based off the word of God. It's going to be based off Jesus. It's going to be seen through his lens. And so what I want to do in these next at least four weeks is we're going to talk about the heart of Jesus. We're going to talk about who he is because there's something we need to know but also emulate. Because it's not just good enough just to know of Jesus. Because I think what Jesus is talking about here, these are people who like the idea of knowing Jesus, but don't really know him. They don't have this relationship with the Lord. And I want you to have a relationship with the Lord. I want you to go after him with all your heart. You know, Jesus didn't come just for your pinky. He came for all of you, right? Every bit of you. He died for everything. You die. It's no longer I that live. It's Christ who lives in me. Amen? And God wants to do some amazing things through this whole series of us finding out Jesus' heart. Why did he do the things he did? Why did he do what he did? What's the reason? Because we need to know that because that's going to be our heart. We have to do those things. Why are we doing the things we do? So the more we study the life and ministry of Jesus, the clearer it becomes that when we come to learn about Jesus, it's not just intended just to know of him. It's to really know him, but to emulate him. Not just to copy what he did. People copy what he did, and that's what Matthew 7 is doing. You're copying what I do, but you don't know me. You're acting like, Jesus, 
but you don't fully know me, then that means you fully aren't really being who I am. The only way we can fully emulate him is definitely to know him, but we've got to step out in faith and be able to do that. But we've got to understand his heart. Why did he do what he did? Why did he say what he did? Because I see, I see, I see people all the time, and they, what, what usually happens, if you don't know the heart of Jesus, you get into condemnation and judgment. I'm really preaching good here. I just don't want you to know that, okay? So I'm, I'm not sure if the quietness is just, you know, you're just soaking it in or you're scared or it's okay to say an amen. It helps me anyway. But that's what begins to happen. And we, we think we're acting like Jesus, but we're acting like the devil. Right? Because we really don't know Jesus and we don't know his heart and we're not walking like him and I want to walk like him I want to talk like him I want to pray like him I want to do why why did he do what he did why did he pray like he prayed why 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 what was important to Jesus needs to be important to me amen and we're not talking about some religious thing. I'm talking about knowing the Son of God and emulating Him, being like Him and walking like Him. And that's what we want to do with this series. We want to do this throughout this and also throughout 1 Corinthians. Amen? So we need to adopt the heart of Jesus. That's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about adopting His heart today. And we're going to be talking more about his heart throughout this whole series. And uh, so I want you to turn to Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Paul really kind of gives us a glimpse of his heart here, of who Jesus is and why Jesus came. Now, a lot of times when you look at Paul's writings, you, you can think he's mean. But really, he's probably one of the most gracious, gracious, loving people that ever walked the earth. And you'll see that in 1 Corinthians as we go through this. But here he really shares the heart of the Lord. And look what he says in verse 6. Who being in the very nature of God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather he made himself nothing. By taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. And being found in the appearance as a man he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the death even death on the cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the very name, the name that is above every name, and that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Amen. Every knee is going to bow to Jesus one day. Whether it's forced or whether you do it yourself right now, man, every knee is going to bow but why wouldn't you bow? That's the thing. Why wouldn't you, your knee bow to Jesus? Because he gave everything for you. He loves you so much that he came and he lowered himself and became a man. Left everything in heaven. He was fully God yet fully man. He walked on this earth fully as a man filled with the Holy Spirit of God. He became our model. He became our sacrifice. And now he's our risen Lord. Amen? Why wouldn't you bow down to him? Now, you have a choice to do that or not. You can live your life the way you want to live. You can do whatever you want to do. But Jesus is saying, listen, I've got something for you. 
And so let's see about who he is. Let's talk about his heart. He has a humble heart, and we see that in verse 7 and 8. Jesus lowered himself in every way. Jesus, rather than making himself, rather than being all this great because he has equality with God, he's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Instead of lording over everybody, and that's what the religious leaders were looking for, that's why they missed it. They were looking for a warrior king to come and take over. But that's not what he did. His whole purpose was to come and be a servant and be falsely accused and die. No one would have thought that's what was needed to happen, but that was what was needed to happen. Jesus had to die. And so he lowered himself, and rather than making himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in the human likeness. He, he took on hum, humanity. He looked down upon us and said, they can't do it, so I'm going to do it for him. He became a man. Now, I don't know about you, if you ever read the Bible, men and women, were, the Bible says, are little lower than God. I, and I, I think that little lower is a lot lower, you know, you know I mean, c- compared to God. But we're lower than God. He humbled himself and became a man. He had a humble heart. And being found in the appearance of man, he humbled himself, and by becoming obedient to death, even death and cross, he humbled himself. Jesus lowered himself in every way. And see, why I'm focusing on that is because we as Americans don't do this. Right? This, this is not the American way. The American way is to beat up everybody in front of you and get ahead. Right? Come on. You know it's true. That's the American way. But that wasn't the Jesus way. Jesus humbled himself. Now, I'm not saying people should walk all over you. I'm not saying that. Jesus was walked over so people didn't have to walk all over you, right? But I'm not saying that you, 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 have to, you do need to know humility and Jesus' humility. And humble yourself. He had a humble heart. Jesus lowered himself in every way. And it's just not about you. It's not about you. It's about him. Is he getting the glory? Be aware of people who, that's all they talk about themselves. I've done this, I've done this, I've done this. It means nothing. It really means nothing. Great. Be obedient to the Lord. I have, I have numbers throughout my 30 years, over 30 years of ministry. I have a bunch of numbers. And, and the hundreds of thousands of numbers. But it means nothing. It means absolutely Nothing. I've been obedient to the Lord as much as I've, I can. I've done. I've, I haven't been perfect. But that means nothing. What means everything is Him. He needs to be glorified. God needs to be glorified. And He humbled Himself and became a servant. And so when He humbled Himself, He not only had a humble heart, but He had a servant's heart. Verse 7, the one worthy to be served. He's the one worthy to be served. But He assumed the posture of a servant. 
He even washed his enemy's feet. You go do that. That's not, I don't like feet anyway. I don't like washing feet. Now, you don't have to wash feet, but go mow your enemy's yard. He humbled himself. Judas, who betrayed him. He's on the cross looking down at his accusers who falsely accused him, who beat him. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Wow. He had a servant's heart. He served people. See, this is the heart that we need to have. This is, this is what gives you the understanding of the word. If you look at the word without a humble heart, without a servant's heart, um, you could be dividing the word of truth wrongly. And we need to have that servant's heart and that love for people and love for... Who, who is your enemy, by the way? Don't, don't look to your neighbor. Who's your enemy? There is this uh, pit, group of collage of pictures on the internet, on social media. I saw it. I thought it was pretty cool. I, I, had, to, I had to do a double take because it looked like Trump. It was Trump. Trump was on a chair and Jesus was washing his feet. And I switched over to the next one. It was Biden on a chair. Jesus washing his feet. And it was switched over to the next one. It was a a guy with, it was a rainbow flag coming down. And Jesus washing his feet. I believe believe sex outside of marriage between a man and woman was sin. Don't get me wrong. But Jesus, while we were yet sinners... Died for us. We have to learn. Listen, church, and and you'll get me throughout this whole series. We have to learn how to love people who hate us. We have to learn how to love people into the kingdom of God. Not, Not to compromise our beliefs. Right? Love tells the truth. I want you to know that. So... So don't, don't start throwing rocks. Put your rocks down. <laughs> Love tells the truth. But we have to learn to do it in the way that Jesus did it. That lives were changed. In the way his disciples went out, his 11 or so went out and eventually 12 and more and turned the world upside down. I think the church has lost that. So we have to have that humble heart, that servant's heart. Of course, he had a human heart. He became a man. He took the form of man, though fully God. He masked his deity and became fully man. That's an important part to understand. He was just like you and I. He could have hated. He could have responded in anger, but he didn't. And so we have to know, how did he do that? Why did he do it? Because he was fully submitted to God and his purpose. What was his goal? To please the Father. To show them who God was. And he had this obedient heart. He submitted. That word submit means this. And we don't like the word submit. People say, I submit all the time. No, you're just in agreement. 
You submit when you don't agree. And he submitted. He ex- that means the word means accepted or yield to a superior force to, or to the authority of the will of another person. He submitted to God. He submitted to the Father and he was obedient even unto death. Remember the Garden of Gethsemane, that's when we, most theologians believe all the weight and the sin of the whole world, past, present, and future, was putting on him. That's why he sweat drops of blood. That's how, how intense it was for him that he asked the Father, Father, if there's any way this cup can pass, but what did he say next? Not my will, but your will be done. He was fully committed and obedient to the will of God, his Father, to the death of the cross. Listen, I don't know about you. He didn't want to go to the cross. I mean, that's not something he woke up one day. I'm, I'm, I can't wait to get, you know, crossed. I don't know how they said it, crucified. But I, I can't wait till that happens. And No, he didn't do that. that was, it, was, it was hard. But the joy... Hebrews says that was set before him. You know what that joy was? Knowing that you are going to be with him for eternity. Knowing that he's going to be able to put his arms around you again. Knowing that you are going to be released from sin. Knowing that you're going to be set free. Knowing you're going to have the joy of the Lord. Knowing you're going to be a light and give glory to God. That was the joy that was set before him. That's why he did this. And then God highly exalted him his name. He had an exalted heart. That's the heart of the Lord. We need to have his heart. We need to study the heart of Jesus. So how do we adapt some of this, this heart? And we'll talk more about it in the next coming weeks. But how do we adapt the heart of Jesus? Number one is we see that Jesus nurtured his relationship with the Father. And you just cannot just read a scripture a day and nurture your relationship with the Father. You will die spiritually. You will be led astray spiritually by all the winds of doctrine that are out there. And I don't want you to be led astray. I want you to know the Lord and I want you to know Him. So you need a lifestyle of prayer, of studying the Word, of being a part of a family being a part of smaller groups, being a part of this group, being a part of, of, our, of teaching. And let me talk, about, t- t- talk to you about what discipleship is. I'll, I'll, I'm going to do a whole, whole thing on it here in a couple weeks. Discipleship is you coming. You doing it. So in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, Peter gets up some, and preach. After they came out of the upper room, they're filled with the Holy Spirit. He preaches to Thousands of people. You know, somewhere in the estimate of, of men and women and children, probably 15,000, 20,000 people probably got saved during that damn time. And then it goes on, it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' doctrine and teaching, to giving, laying, uh, eating of bread and, you know, fellowship and everything. But it says, they devoted themselves. I can't make you be discipled. I will not manipulate you. I will not condemn you. I refuse to do those two things. We will not do that as a church. But what we'll do is lay out a table for you. We'll give you the opportunity to do it. Discipleship, and I'll talk a little bit more about that, is more than just teaching, but is part of teaching. 
but it's mentoring. It's relationships. We lay out a table, and we have a table full that you can be a part of. And it's so important to do that. And that helps with your relationship with the Father because we're, we need each other to do this. To grow in the Lord, to worship together is so important. Jesus nurtured his relationship with the Father. He spent time with him. He talked with him. He had other people come along with him and pray with him. He did all those things. And you and I need that. And we need that accountability to make sure that we're keeping up with that. Because it's so easy. Like I'm I'm saying, it's so easy to fall away. It's so easy to get off a track just a little bit. And God doesn't want you to come to that. He wants you to, to go after him with all your heart. And that's what Jesus did. He nurtured his relationship with the Father. And Jesus prayed. He prayed. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place to pray. There's many times we see this throughout his life here on earth that he got up and he prayed. He went by himself. He had a relationship with the Father enough that he, need, he knew he needed to have that time with God. You need a time with the Lord daily. And you need to increase that daily. You need to be speaking to him. Not just even when you just go away and maybe for your 30 minutes or so, but throughout the day, speak with him. Talk with him. Nurture that relationship with the Lord. Uh, Jude 20 says, build up your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. I mean, you need to do this. It's, it's time to take you know, responsibility, right? And say, yes, Lord, I'm going to nurture my relationship. I'm going to go after you. I'm going to spend time with you. I'm going to read your word. I'm going to study your word. I'm going to be a part with other people. I'm going to be a part of the church. I'm going to pray. And then I'm also... Jesus was obedient. I'm going to be obedient to what you say. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 7 says this. During the days of of Jesus' life on earth, he offered prayers and petition with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And and he was heard because of his, listen this, reverent submission, his obedience. Son, though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered. He was obedient. And so not only that we build this relationship, we hear the voice of the Father. We hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. We see it in his word. Guess what we're going to be? We're going to be obedient no matter what this world says. Right? No matter what the culture is, we're going to be counterculture. We're going to create the culture of heaven on earth. Amen? Come on. We're going to create a culture of heaven on earth. Isn't that how Jesus told us to pray? On earth as it is in heaven. So we need to create a counter culture. So I'm not going to listen to what's out there anymore. They do not have the answers. You know why? Because they're not following Jesus. The only one who has the answers is Jesus. He is the only man who ever lived on this earth that has the answer to our problems, who has the answer to this world, who has the answer. He's the only one. And so we have to raise up another culture. We have to be counterculture. We have to, we have to, we have to love like Jesus. We have to be humble ourselves like Jesus. And then there's sometimes we've got to take the whip, and I'll talk about that later. But Jesus did that whip out of humility and out of authority by God. 
And that's the difference. He didn't do it just out of anger. We do it out of anger. And obedience is important. So when, when the Holy Spirit tells you, go speak to this person, you speak to the person. When the Holy Spirit says, buy that person gas, you buy that person gas. When the Holy Spirit says, get up and pray at 3 a.m., get your butt up and pray. Amen? Do it. Be obedient. There's a blessing in that. And then we see how he did this, how he had this heart of a servant. Because Jesus could, he could have failed. He could have been like Adam. Adam was perfect and chose differently, but he didn't. Because he was full of the Holy Spirit. Jesus lived and ministered out of the power of the Holy Spirit of God. And I've talked about this many times. We just did a whole series on, on the Holy Spirit by Pastor Allen and Carol in our, in our equip classes. The Holy Spirit sometimes is the most neglected part of the Trinity. And Jesus left this earth so we would have him. So we could be like him. You can't be humble without the power of the Holy Spirit. You, you, you can't be a servant, a real servant, without the power of the Holy Spirit. If you don't have the Holy Spirit working in you, the only reason you're being a servant is so people will see it. But when you're filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, you are humble and you're doing it and no one knows and you don't care. You don't need a thank you. You don't need a great job. All you need to know is I'm doing the will of the Father, right? Amen? Amen. And you're doing what he tells you to do. He lived in the power of the Holy Spirit. Peter talks about this in Acts chapter 10, verse 34. He says, now I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation, the one who fears him and does what is right. And you know the message God sent to his people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. And you know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because what? God was with him. And when you realize that we, we do things because of Jesus, we're emulating him. He is our model. We're going to have the humble heart. We're going to have the servant heart. We're going to be obedient to him. And how we're being obedient, how we're being a servant, how we're being humble is because we have the power of God inside of us. We have the Holy Spirit. God is with you. You have him inside of you, just like Jesus had him inside of him. And guess what he did? And guess what we should do? Go about doing good. Healing all. Who are oppressed by the devil. Who's under the power of the devil because God is with us. That's what our job is. Amen? When you go out of here today... You have the power to kick the devil's butt. To see that people come alive. To get out of their sin and that, that those chains of sin. Jesus walked intentional. He walked missional. He walked in relationship with both his father and those he came to serve and to save. And it wasn't a check mark for, for, for 
that he checked off a box. Oh, I did this, I did this. No, no, no. It was who he is. That's who we need to become. We don't do it, oh, I, I read my scripture verse today, so I get to check the box off. That's, you know what that is? Well, your filthy righteousness. I checked this off, so I'm, I'm a good Christian today. <laughs> it means nothing. Let it become who you are. Let Jesus become who you are. Because it wasn't, he didn't do it. He wasn't heartless or, or, or he wasn't disengaged. Emotionally, spiritually, he was engaged in this. For us to walk carnally and selfishly and disingenuously or even religiously is not to walk like Jesus walked. So what do we do? We submit everything to the Lordship of Christ. I lay everything at your feet, Lord. What's in me that's selfish, religious, or not true? I give it to you. I bow my knees to you. I give you control. And whatever doesn't line up, I want it out of my life. Lisa and I committed a number of years ago when we decided to be ministers. We wouldn't do it for money. We wouldn't do it for the applause. We would do it for the one. And we've kept that. We kept that to this day. And I, I, I never want to be here up on the stage where I'm not preaching to you from the love of God. God loves you. So we give him control. We lay it at his feet. And God said, what's well, not, of, not of you? Get it out of me. Because there are benefits in walking this way. You will enjoy life no matter what. There's bad things come. You're still going to enjoy it because you know it's an opportunity for God to move. You're going to please the Father. What better thing to do is please Father God. And that's our goal. God, I pray this to my kids every morning. Let us please you today. Everything we say, everything we think, let it please you. You're going to become more stable as a believer. Not going to this, not going to that. I mean, people jump ship all the time, you know. Every wind of doctrine, everything. No, I'm going to be right straight on the course what God has for me. And then you're going to receive some things. Peace, passion, and purpose in your heart. You're going to flow out of that. Once you start living the heart and walking the heart of Jesus, you're going to do that. And your love for God's going to grow. And your love for others are going to grow. See, Jesus wants us to know him. Not just for our benefit, but to emulate it for others, for this world to see the Father. So I want you to bow your heads and just close your eyes right now. I want to ask you a question. I want you to ask the Lord this question. Am I following the right Jesus today? Or have I changed some things? Have I made up a new Jesus that I'm following? Ask him to show you 
And then I want you just to commit to him right now to follow the Jesus of the Bible, no matter what. That I commit today to follow you, Jesus. Come fully, totally in my life, in Jesus' name. Now, you might, might be doing that for the very first time today. Maybe you've never given your life to the Lord. Maybe you're watching online or you're here and you've never done that. Jesus is not mad at you. He loves you. He came and died. He gave everything so you could have a way to God. So you could be the, your true self again. The real, the real reason you were created. So just accept him right now. Say, Father, I, I give my life to you, Jesus. I give everything to you. Just pray that right now. I repent of my sins and I, I know I've done wrong. But I thank you that, Jesus, you took my sins. And I give it to you. I give everything to you. And I receive your life right now in Jesus' name. And from this day forward, I'm going to follow you. Do that right now. Make him the Lord of your life right now. And everybody else, that's the same thing for us. Make Jesus, the Jesus of the Bible, the Lord of your life. No matter what. God, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to build that relationship with you. I want to have that humble heart, that servant heart, that obedient heart. I, I, want, to, I want to do that right now. And if there's anything that's not of you in me, I want it out of me. And I want all of you in me, God. I want this to be a new day, a new start in Jesus' name. Father, we just thank you, God, for all of us that we go after you with all of our heart and we be, become a church that you're pleased with, that we honor you, that we glorify you, for, that we stand up for you, that we, that we see lives change, that we turn this world upside down. In Jesus' name. And we thank you, God, that we walk like Jesus, we live like Jesus, we talk like Jesus. Now, Father God, when people see us going down the road, they don't see who we, we are, they see who you are. Let that happen, Lord. Let our neighbors see that, God. Even maybe we haven't done that to our neighbors, but God, I just pray this is a new day, and they say, they're, they're, they're going to say this, there's something different about Sean. There's something different. So, Father, we pray that in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, have your way in us in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Come